Hi, welcome to 3Dog. This is an hour-long flow class. Thanks so much for joining us. When you're ready, grab your mat and let's get started. John, uh, John, remove yourself from the headboard of the bed. <laughs> no problem, you. <laughs> That's also on the podcast now. We've got a Subdabada Kanasana in progress, and if you're not there yet, no big deal. When you get there, let your feet find one another. There's a triangle of each foot, and they press into one another, and, and just enough pressure that you feel the legs come alive, right? and perhaps you feel the kind of integration at your hips. And if you're f not feeling that, reposition your legs until you get the kind of work of feet pressing together and leg bones in your hip joints, feeling like, like one thing. So you have this diamond shape of your legs that is awake and alive, not working too hard, definitely like here. And there's a, a steadiness to your ability to, to stay. Push real hard, like that's too much like to, to maintain for a bit. Right? But then going too loose, things just kind of fall apart. And what we're doing with Yogasana is taking these you know, disparate parts of the body that get disconnected during our day, and bringing them together into these things called postures. Right? And bringing your feet together the action of your legs together, you feel your hips, and then probably the abdominals as well. So bring the hands to the hip points, feel what happens as you press your feet together, and then as you ease off of that, just go ahead and let the legs go lax again. There's nothing wrong with relaxation at all. And then press maybe just a little bit too much, like, like there's like, you're really going for it, type A+. Plus. And then just enough to feel the connection, feet to legs to core that's happening, that happens when you pay attention. So we've got steadiness there. And now steadiness in the upper body characterizes a steadiness of breath. So while the lower body is working in this idea of stability and centering, upper body is able to keep this steady cadence of breath happens because we pay attention. Right? Same thing with the legs, the way the structural asana comes together because of our attention. The, the breathing is maintained by our attention. And then you start to let the yogasana and the pranayam come together in one thing. So the Instead of doing Suptabhadikanasana and doing breath, Suptabhadikanasana is the breath. The breath is the Suptabhadikanasana. Most often it's helpful with the exhale to find your feet, legs, and core. 
with the inhale to feel the rib cage, arms, throat. face, head, and I'm just going to repeat that with the feet to head engagement and alignment with your breath. And for sure if at some point you need to move or adjust, do that. A little more full round of breath. Notice this unified state that you've created. We're going to move it and we're going to come back to kind of unifying everything into one. So bring your knees together and you can take knees to chest, get a little rock across the upper rim of your pelvis. So you from the left hemisphere to the right hemisphere. Letting the knees go a little bit across the sacrum, a strong line across the equator, very center of it, and then letting your knees go. Let the leg bones rock side to side across the lower rim of the pelvis, even down to the, the sitting bones, and then around to feel the leg bone, the greater trochanter of femur as you go real far side to side you can take this into belly twisting pose mostly just organic movement of your low back hips and legs and then as you come back to center next time around plant your hips and let the legs move around let's go in their own orbit if you want to take your hands to your knees you can generally if you just let the knees the legs can move themselves around, they get a little more range of motion. If you're feeling any uh, little cracks or pops, hearing little cracks or pops, those things are, are totally normal as long as there's no pain. If there's no, if there's pain, then you stop. Get little cracks, pops. Uh, as we kind of sit throughout the day, tissue gets compressed. It kind of looks like um, you know how if you're if you're drinking a cold beer on a hot day and the beer sweats and then like the paper coaster sticks to the pint glass, there's like that like adhesion that you know it's not a problem. You just gotta pull the coaster off. Hopefully before it got <laughs> annihilated. But the idea is the same: that the tissue, the hydration levels of one tissue being a little less than the other kind of sticks and then makes those little cracks and pops as we move around and as you make them more mobile they can more easily get fluid so keep moving through any of those cracks and pops that that, that aren't painful. And come back to center, plant your feet, press your feet down, feel the three points of each foot and keep doing that, right? keep working with that in the eye of your mind until you've got that. Right? And it may not come right away because you've got a lot to think about and it's Friday afternoon and there's a lot going on in the world and probably in your backyard or like literally your backyard. Right. So take a moment until you feel that you have the ball of the big toe, the ball of the baby toe in the center of each heel. When you do, 
Press down firmly, lift your hips. You're gonna take some rounds of flowing bridge. Right, so it's rolling bridges, flowing bridges. Any height is good, and you can lower your hips all the way to the floor each time or hover them. But have a definite bottom to the pose and top of the pose that are marked by your inhale and exhale pauses, the kumbhaka of the breath. And up to you how you move. For more grounded practice, for a little more kind of this hip work that we're doing, it may serve you to lift your hips on your exhale. If we're doing a backbending practice, it might serve us better to go up on the inhale. With the exhale, keep feeling your feet. Notice what's going on too with your toes. Right, so some of us grip with our toes, some of us uh, had so many teachers tell us not to grip with our toes that we do the opposite and we grip the other way. Like we're so ungripped that we grip. I know about this because I'm in that club. Lay your toes down on the mat. Feel the pad of each toe, as many as you can feel. Not gripping, not lifted, just grounded. This is not easy. One more round. Then slowly we'll make our way back down. Pause, still press into your feet though. Feel that anchoring force of ball the big toe, ball the baby toe, center of each heel. And we'll take hands back to the lower abdominals. Draw your lower abdominals in and skip the hands to the hip points. Keep everything really solid here. You start to make your feet light. This is your own little magic trick in your mind. Just going to imagine that your sacrum is taking the weight out of your feet. So as you drop the sacrum down, feet get lighter. And if, if you're super magical thinking, like right there, like actually lifted your feet, cool. If not, figure out how to just lift your feet because you're a human being and you can lift your feet. Bring your legs up to 90 degree angles. And you've got 90 degree angles at the hip joint, 90 degree angle at the knee joint, 90 degree angle at the ankle, sort of. Like, no protractors here. We, we don't have any math teachers in the room, I don't think. But then imagine that you got a block between your knees. You can imagine that you have it rather than put one there. Keep the knees at the distance that a block would be. Imagine also a block between the feet, right? Or that you're holding the lung bolster between your knees and your feet. Pause here, breathe for three. Drop your sacrum heavy right? as you squeeze in on those blocks, the imaginary ones. Flex your feet like you were standing on your front wall. Draw your abdominals in. Feel the steadiness of your breath. Feel this whole pose as one thing. Each exhale, press your heels like you're driving them into your front wall. Each inhale, feel your rib cage. Expand your arms, soften, your face soften. The next exhale, knees into chest. And pause. And see. depending on how the imagination there worked for you, that was a kind of reclined chair.
recliner pose, literally. Working on with these floor postures is having a sense of being grounded, even when there's not actual physical structure there. Uh, might be useful in, in today's uh, environment. Just saying. We're gonna take the legs out to the side for happy baby, and right now, little rock side to side across your sacrum. center and catch your shins or the inner edges of your heels and you may want to block behind the head for that in whatever shape you've taken with the legs take your hips to the mat if the sacrum does not ground and walk your hands down or raise the, the block under your head until you get the the sacrum pressing down and the heel bones pressing up. And with that, the hands press down into the heels, but they're evenly met. Every breath out, press your sacrum down. that the pressing down your hands into your heels and the heels up into the hands like the feet were grounding in a wide malasana squat one more round of breath here the left leg into Suptapati Konasana and this is fun this is this is the uh, what is the sound of one hand clapping uh, you're gonna this is, this is the physical uh, manifestation of that koan you're gonna press the left foot into an imaginary right foot it is I mean thank goodness we don't have three legs but I mean if we had if we all had three legs it'd be normal and be fine but as if you had another right leg there meeting it in Subtabhati Kanasana, find that level of, of integration as you press the actual right heel into the hand. Left hand can come to the inside of the left thigh or can come to the outside of the left thigh uh, for support or resisting. Like you're trying to press the left thigh out, press the left hand up into the thigh both hands equally met with the legs working into active range of motion and range engagement there breath in fan your rib cage and breath out you're gonna slow dissolve the right side of this back into Suptapati Konasana hands back to the lower abdomen and bring everything back into that one unified Subtabhati Konasana that is a breathing exercise. 
not a pose, and breathing. Three points of each foot found each other. And if not, go for it now, slide them together, find that triangle. For the rest and entirety of your practice, forever and ever, that triangle is going to be super important. So you get to know that. It's, it's also not just in our practice, but out there in the world, walking, hiking, running, all the good things that we do on the feet. hands on the abdominals, feel the abdominal work, draw the abdominals in and just, again, you can call it imagination, you know, visualization, whatever you call it. Visualize, imagine the abdominal muscles working through the muscles of the pelvic floor and the inner thighs to float your knees in together. Right, so just it's initiate the action from the abdominals and then once again you're going to draw the abdominals in so much that you feel your feet get light, so you can think of it as the sacrum becoming heavy, you're pressing your sacrum down that's making the feet light, and then unhinge the knees to right angles. Right angles in the legs, flex the feet. The shin bones parallel with the floor, thigh bones parallel with the wall. Make sure the thigh bones haven't floated in because they will do that if, if allowed to. Breath in. Got that block between the knees, the block between the feet. You're squeezing in, but the, uh, the block's keeping you from actually squeezing things together. So you've got the legs, what we're doing here, legs in their own uh, kind of alignment with the pelvis rather than knees knocked together. Breath in. And just breathe out, bring the legs back toward you into happy baby. And once again, just have a little rock side to side. A nice experience of rocking the baby. If you like that. If you don't, I'm coming back to center in time. Eventually make your way back to center. Again, plant the sacrum. Press the thigh bones forward. If you were trying to you know, press out into the front wall. The hands, the probably the, the length of your arms and the weight of gravity. They're, they're not having to do a lot of work if you're getting kind of white knuckled with this. Uh, just, you know, all the support structures that you, you have available to you. Get yourself to where you don't have to be white knuckled. Usually that's a, a mental awareness of what's going on in your body thing. Take the right leg into Siptabhadakanasana. And again, as if there were a left foot there to meet it, press the right foot. So, like, this is the, the kind of super intricate, nerdy, detailed stuff like that you cannot take a picture of. Like, this is a non-romantical picture of, of doing yoga. Super useful to be able to engage the whole body in one thing. It's like our attention manages. It was so fractured. This is like the trying to scotch tape our attention span back together. Press your foot into that imaginary foot and take the right hand either to the inside of the thigh, just provide some nice uh, weight there, or just a nice 
encouraging hand there for the violin, or more end range, active range of motion, put the hand to the outside, actively press the right leg out. action going on in two legs, moving in different directions toward the ground, and steadiness of your breath. Each exhale, you awaken your feet, your legs, your core. Each inhale, spread your rib cage, soften your shoulders, your throat, your face. Heel finds the right heel, ball the big toe, finds ball the big toe. Bring the hands back to the center line. You take a heart and navel, lower abdominals, pause. Begin to bring this into a breathing exercise called Sutta Bhadakanasana. to your abdominals, just feel them move in to start the action of pelvic floor and inner thigh muscles that then brings the knees together, just pause there, then we give the knees a good hug in, take as long as you'd like with that, some people are long huggers, do you man, when you're ready we'll come to seated, seated cross legs. Start with the right leg in front, even if it's, a, if it's not your favorite, we'll sort of like This was a good question that was sent in. I've um, been doing yoga for a while, and I've gotten more flexible, and I can sit, and one of my legs goes down, and the other one doesn't. Yeah. It's generally when we sit here in cross-legged, or let's do this. Let's start with, um, with Bhattakanasana, with feet together. And you can go feet in Tarasana out long, or Bhattakanasana in, for most of us we will find that one leg goes down further than the other. Um, I don't know if you can see this. Can you see what, like, the difference here in these two legs? I've been doing yoga for a long time. <laughs> the, I'm, s I'm still not doing it right, evidently. Usually one of our hip joint we're not perfectly symmetric. In case you didn't know, none of us are perfect. And none of us is perfectly symmetrical right to left in our body. In, in any part of the body. So there's a way to find out if what's going on here has to do with needing to stretch it more or with this is just how your body's shaped and you're, you're not going to get any difference in, in how, but keep stretching it, keep doing it. So the thing to do when you press down, and don't hurt yourself, like be, be judicious and sensible, when you press down, where do you feel what you feel? So if I'm sitting in Sotabhadakanasana and I press down on this leg, this, this leg that I was told for years by martial arts instructors was my bad leg, and uh, actually one of them stepped on and subluxated my hip. Um, this is my bad leg. When I press on it, it's not my, it's not my bad leg. Uh, where I feel it is on the outside. 
I feel the outside. It's a thing called compression. It's where my bones are meeting. Not a problem. Just the bones do meet. If I were feeling it on the inside, if these muscles here were too tight, I'd feel a stretch here. I can sit all day and push the leg down and feel like zero stretch here. Right, so this side, like, it presses down to the floor. So you just try, you don't need to know about me, but just so you, you know that you were not alone. Um, all of these, but none of us. Um, but if, if you feel the tension inside the leg, then that's a good case for let's stretch those muscles more. If in this pose you feel the tension on the out, or you feel sensation on the outside of the leg, something's meeting something, and you're just done stretching there, uh, no amount of stretching is going to change the, the bony structure out here. So, sorry to, um, you know, disillusion anyone of their hopes of, of slip to body with their knees all the way to the floor. Uh, we're going to go back to right leg cross in front of left. So this, that will actually affect how we sit cross-legged uh, as well. So when we sit cross-legged, we've done a lot, we've done a fair amount of hip openers now, so most of us are, are ready for this. Uh, sit cross-legged, and then if you can lean back and take your right foot to the outside of your left knee, go for it. If by leaning back, your leg crosses over, and most importantly, this top knee is happy, cool. This top knee, not happy. Move the leg down, again in front, you'll be totally fine. What we're going to do is catch the right heel with the right hand. Gibbs is always so perfectly placed. We're going to catch the heel with the hand and just press the heel into the hand, hand into the heel, sit up as tall as you go. So for right now, there's active range in the hip, probably feeling it in the outer right hip. Press the shin bone down, the right outer thigh, right outer shin toward the floor as you press heel into hand, hand into heel. We'll take this into a little twist. Feel fairly secure, fairly nice. You can breathe. You will probably feel that your right sitting bone is a little lighter than your left. That's totally fine. Even though your teacher for your probably told you that you need to be evenly weighted in both sitting bones. I was wrong. Uh, in this case, one's going to be lighter. Press the right thigh down. One more breath here. And come back to center. And if everything's cool, you like where you are, stay where you are. If you want to uncross a little bit, do. We're going to take the right elbow, same, same, and hook it underneath. And as you, as you bow forward, and press your right knee into the elbow. There will be a fair amount of work going on in your body when you do that. That's the idea. Breathe here. You can take your left hand to the heel. Give the left arm something to do to be part of an integrated whole. If you have a better idea with your left hand, like putting on a block or something, totally cool. All the pieces of the puzzle in place. Let your head drop, face soften. Breathe out, you press down through both thigh bones. Breathe in, fan your back. Keep pressing 
knee into the elbow crease to whatever degree is right for you. Right? So it's like, we're doing this for a while. We don't have to do it hard. The action's there. The arm's hugging back into the leg, meeting it, just the equanimity. The pose feels well orchestrated, harmonious in all the parts. On an inhale, we're just gonna rise up. We're just gonna unfold and hands back behind you. We're gonna lean out of it, then slowly unwind it. This is the sneak out of the room, don't wake the baby pose. So that's the uh, the idea after long table. We're gonna just pause. We're gonna do. Um, I'm gonna name all the poses today. We're gonna do go away and leave me alone pose. Knees uh, together. Drop your forehead. Wrap your arms around each other. And, uh, can pull your abdominals in, chin to chest, rounding out your back. So it's, it's really not about the, uh, the go away and leave me alone part, but if you want to embody that, totally fine. What we really want to do is hug the arms around the legs and then fan the back of your rib cage. Abdominals in, breathe. Press your sitting bones down and use your hands on the back of your hamstrings to lift your chest up. Then we'll cross the left foot in or left leg in front of the right. And just take note when you do this, just the first cross, uh, any difference of shape or sensation. And certainly if there's pain, find something else, find a better way to, to sit. Um, it doesn't have to be fully cross-legged, but if you can, if everything feels cool where you are, step, uh, step one accomplished, then lean back. And if you can do it without pulling your foot, go ahead and put the, uh, the ankle bone to the after the knee. The important thing about that, uh, just let's, let me get the end of the pose first, then, then I'll tell you what was important about that. Uh, hand to the heel, lift tall, right? press your sitting bones down, although the left may feel a little uh, lighter than the right. Totally cool, you're moving that, you can see that leg setting on top of the right. right. But you press the left thigh down as you press the heel into the hand, heart lifts up, we rotate. Most of us will feel this in the outer left hip, although some of us will also feel it in the inner right hip. Um, lots of places to feel this, including your abdominals and spinal muscles. If you're feeling it in your jaw, you're probably overdoing it. Right. Um, stay with your sensory experience of breathing and lifting in this spiral staircase, or if you want to know about that, why can't I grab my foot and put it on my knee thing, then Stay mostly with your sensory experience, but I'll tell you. Uh, the reason why we don't do that, and I don't, I, this is like, mm, like my best for you, because I care about you and I don't want you to hurt yourself. Uh, if the leg can do this by itself, then we have the range of motion here around the knee to be strong in this position. If we have to manipulate the knee joint, like, I don't know, my, my view is if you have to manipulate anything, get out of there, right? But if we have to, if you have to use your hands to hoist this here, then that's your knee or your leg telling you, I'm not ready to do that thing. You're having to pull me into it. Um, you know, like it's, it's like dating you guys. Just remember that. That's all. That there's yoga right there. If you need more explanation on that, then we should definitely talk. <laughs> but from there, back to your sensory experience. Press your sitting bones down. And rotate. 
press the heel into the hand, hand into the heel. Next exhale, get both leg bones pressing down. When you inhale, get rib cage lifting up. And then we'll come back to center. Unwind, you're going to catch underneath the knee. And then press the knee into the arm, lift the arm up into the leg as you bow to whatever degree you can bow. And then the right hand can come in and do pretty much the same thing we were just doing in that twist. It gives you a little more of that grounding force. A little more action of the leg when the heel's pressing something. But for some of us in this pose, because this is a big pose, and uh, it'll be better to, to have a hand on a block or something that can literally ground you if the heel press is not doing the job. One of these days I'm going to get out the anatomy videos and we're just going to watch anatomy videos and, and look at differently shaped bones and see why these poses will always look different in everybody and they'll always look different side to side, neither minutely or a lot, within a range of, of, of normal human experience. Right? There's nothing abnormal about being different left to right. right. That doesn't even go into stuff like you think about our daily life and, and the, the 29 years you have lived doing different activities uh, with different sides of your body in different ways. One more breath here. Press the leg bones down. And when you inhale, you're going to just dissolve and float out of it, sit up, and lean out. And then legs out wide into straddle. And this is this is going to be a little straddle flow. So uh, go ahead and find your straddle in a good place for you to uh, move in and out of it, which is unusual, but it's Friday afternoon. We're just going to do different stuff. Now lean back, cross the legs, right. lean forward into the cross-legged fold, lean back, legs to straddle, lean forward, straddle pose. Lean back, left leg in front, cross forward, bow. And you'll get this with the breath. Inhale, straddle wide, exhale, fold. Inhale up and cross right over left, exhale. Inhale, sit up, straddle wide. Take your time with this. You got full breath. I'm probably talking faster than full breath because breathing and I'm talking. Take your time. Get a few more rounds. Like this is like sun A. Like sun A for your hips. So we can take that breath that we have for the practice ujjayi. Right? Put anything to it make it vinyasa.
wherever you are right now, get an even number of rights and lefts in your seated cross leg fold. We'll meet back up in the straddle, seated straddle, and one hand in front, one hand in back. We're going to pop the hips up off the floor, a little uh, variation of lolasana there. Hands at center or block at center. One down the center line of your mat, or the uh, well, whatever you've got going, whatever arrangement you have going on. Hands down the center line either on blocks or underneath your forehead. If the arms try to creep out to the side and hold you up, that's a completely normal reaction. We don't want to do that to the shoulder joint. So the, the answer there would be come up a little in the pose. You don't need to be that deep right, if you have to hold on with your hands. where you can comfortably stay and then dig your heels into the mat. So we'll again work that with each exhale. You're going to dig your heels in. Inhale, you're going to fill your back body. Get one thing when you exhale. Dig the heels down, squeeze the legs, draw your abdominals in. And when you inhale, spread your ribs, soften your shoulders, soften your hands. Exhale from your feet. And inhale to your hands. Not anatomically speaking, but visualizing. And on an inhale, again, you can come slowly up out of it into that. Do not wake the baby, kind of lift and then lean back. As you lean back, we'll fold the legs <laughs> we'll fold the legs in until you've got basically a seated happy baby pose. And when we've got that, we're gonna turn the knees into 90-90s. So 90-90s, you're looking for a 90 degree angle at your right knee. Your right knee. And then a 90 degree angle between your two leg bones. Back leg can do its thing, man. If it is comfortable at 90, cool, keep it there. Like that, that makes everything really um, nice and orderly. But if your knee is not happy and if the the left knee in this case is not happy, then you let that knee bend however you want it. It it is in charge. From here, we're gonna lift up. We're gonna twist the left hand to the right knee and press the the knee or the outer thigh into the hand so that you're grounding the leg bone as you twist. 
knee presses into the hand, the hand's meeting it, the arm is awake and alive in the twist. The right arm, fingertips pressed down into the floor or block, or a dog if it's well placed. On an inhale, we'll unwind. Just note the sensations in the right side of your body. Pause. And then Gibson is again unfortunately placed, but uh, you're going to angle up with your right heel, your your sternum, pointing at your right heel. You're going to then bend toward the right foot. I'm going to bend toward the dog. Uh, but if you if you like math, you want to think about this as a right triangle. The the right triangle has that um, favorite favorite word from tenth grade geometry, the hypotenuse. Your spine would be the hypotenuse of the right triangle. And if that was like way too much Matthew, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. I got A's in one math subject, and that was geometry. And, uh, funny that that's the only one I actually use too. <laughs> but digression. The idea is that you're moving at the diagonal with your spine. Draw your heart forward. You can let your head drop into it. Breath in. A long slow breath out. on up and uh, probably maybe have done this probably not many times with me because I don't care for it but I'm going to show you anyway uh, you lift your hips a little bit and lean back so that you feel that you could lean back toward your sacrum coming down don't have to you could then come back to your your elbows and, and don't let me like color your your opinion of this like you you color in your lines but if you enjoy this variation of relaxed animal where you you actually release back and you could even put a block behind you I don't know I put like a sofa and a stepladder and uh, you know a sandwich behind me and I'd still be uh, not not okay in that pose uh, if you're not okay in that pose you can come toward pigeon over the right leg in the uh, the ekapata, the the usual. And if that's not for you, then like you've probably been here long enough to know what your what your pleasure might be. Well, three breaths. I keep trying that relaxed animal pose. I think I have this rule that I have to try olives once a year to make sure that I I still don't like olives. But I still don't like olives. Right? It's been a long a lot of years. But once a year, if you try a pose once a year, like. I think that's good. I don't know. That's my opinion, man. It's it's true that, that we do adapt and we do change and we are able to take on more as we move through the practice, particularly in the early stages. In the, in the first 10 years of your practice, right, things are going to change. That, that Those are the early years, by the way. <laughs> like the, that's the, those are the preschool years. Things can change. Try them out. When you really find that something doesn't work for you, that's totally cool. Every once in a while, circle back. Conditions may have changed. On your next inhale, you're going to make your way up from whatever pose just made you incredibly happy to be in. And then unwind yourself. 
back to center. Pause. The uh, the really odd seated like hat baby. Uh, pause so you get symmetrical experience in two legs, and then we'll go to the other side. So flipping, and again just taking in 90 degree angle at the left leg, and you might need to like just move things around until you feel that that's a comfortable thing. Do that. Keep moving around. Be on the outer edge of that thigh. The leg to leg angle 90 degrees back knee however it wants to be man if it can be 90 cool do that it's nice and organized okay, we're gonna lift up and we're gonna twist first right hand to left knee sit as tall as you can it can help to have a block underneath the the left hand particularly for those of us with uh, shorter arms in proportion to the rest of us uh, the right hand to your left knee and then rotate so that all the limbs are engaged the Legs are grounding, we're pressing down through the outer edge of the feet, down to the outer edge of the left leg, the inner edge of the right leg. You feel the outer uh, edge of the left, the greater trochanter of the femur is the support there. Right bum cheek will be up off the floor. It is not part of the grounding, but part of the lifting here. That's just great. That's another great thing about the glutes, man. They can ground you, they can lift you. Like, it's a glute appreciation moment. You press the knee into the hand, the hand back into the knee, and you've got a tautness to that arm, kind of like, like a sail on a ship. Backhand is the support column up the arm. With as much twist as you like there. I hope I'm helping fulfill the request for twists also in this practice. Uh, good. And then on an inhale, unwind, slowly come back. You may find after, if you got really deep into that twist, I'm going to reposition. And as you reposition, you can go with the diagonal into relaxed animal and the. Uh, heart toward the heel. Okay. This may be a place where you want to bring the knee in, like if it was fine before, but now it's not. Again, you can bring the back knee in, more like a herky uh, kind of stretch there. It can help to have your hand on your heel if there's not a dog in the way. And then your spine elongating like the, like the uh, that right triangle that you're creating there. Let your head drop, and it may get nowhere near your foot. And it may get closer to this foot than it did to the other, vice versa. Two more breaths here. Press both thigh bones down. So you've got the outer edge of the left thigh, the inner edge of the right thigh. Whenever we're in these 90-90 sits, if you're wondering what should I be doing, every exhale, the outer edge of the front leg, the inner edge of the back leg, if you can think of it as front and back right now. Those things ground down. As we inhale, We'll come up slow, 
and then I'll even try it on this side so come with me <laughs> you lift up and then you lean back and and for the people who like it from what I hear what I hear is good about this is if the front of this thigh gets uh, some some action some, some nice opening and you can lay back and you're like all your dreams come true back here and everything is great if that's going on and like feels great please stay enjoy and you can have mine too <laughs> that's not for you no big deal there's a pigeon or there's something else and you know it's really really okay to to take different poses than uh, that are being offered things that are in the spirit of what's being offered that of your own creation totally cool always uh, the wisdom of knowing when we're just being uh, well, I'll just put it in my own terms the wisdom of knowing when I'm being a spoiled brat and just don't want to do something is different it's different than if I actually am suffering right? so knowing the difference between when our mind is just kind of like ah, I'd rather not right? and when the body is saying no that's the yoga. The, the shape of the pose is, you know, it's unremarkable. And the kind of wisdom and the actions involved in creating, maintaining, unifying a pose, right? that's the remarkable stuff. matters much more to this planet that you know your own mind and heart intentions and actions than that you do some pose next inhale we'll come up out of whatever you just enjoyed so much back to center pause for a moment and then bring the feet back to Baddha Konasana and just kind of notice how it is. We did that little investigation of like, uh, do we feel tension, do we feel impression? And now we've done a lot of hip openers right? and we're probably at the, the most open we're gonna sit in Baddha Konasana or Tarasana if you prefer it, go long. Lift up and bow forward. And then if you want, if, you, if you've still got, uh, I mean, most of most all of us, there, there's still more hip opening that could be done. If you want to press your arms into the insides of your legs for a nice assisted kind of inner thigh opening, go for it. If, however, you'd like to continue to work active range of motion, take the arms outside the legs and press the knees out into the arms. It can be done a couple different ways. I like the, the sleeping crow way. You wrap the arms over the front and drop the head. Of course, you could always hear it. Just kick your feet up over your head. Taurus. Next inhale. Come on up to seated. Pause. Take your hands to your shins. Now exhale. Press your shins down into your hands. 
inhale, lift your heart up away from your hands. And we'll close the eyes and we've got the structure of Supta Baddha Konasana with this tractioning of the arms, tractioning up of the spine, find the soft palate at the back of your mouth. If you're not sure where that is, no big deal. No one ever told anybody that I know of until I took some language class or something, but run your tongue back across the, the hard palate, the bone at the top of the mouth, until you find the muscle at the back. That's what we're talking about. And press your feet together. Press the legs into the hands, hands into the legs, lift up tall through the center of your chest, up through the soft palate, sending the back of your head up. Tracting everything out. Breathe in and out. Two more breaths. Just let all of that dissolve. So all of that that became one unified breathing, Bhattakanasana, just becomes a soft, porous human being on a mat. And then come down onto your back. And we'll pause with knees to chest. And then if you can, slide the feet, of feet to the floor and Slide out into Shavasana, go for it. If your body needs something else or needs some some further motions, totally fine. If you can go directly to Shavasana, go directly to Shavasana. And take a moment to rest with the hands at the hip points again. And lift your rib cage. Slide the shoulder blades out and the elbows out again to the sides so that you feel like you're lying across the broadness in your upper back, heaviness of your shoulder blades in the back of your head, heaviness of your lowest ribs and your sacrum and your heels. And feel the curve of arch of the foot, curve at the back of the knee, the curve underneath your hands at the hip points, the gentle curve of your rib cage into the mat, the gentle curve at the back of your head into the mat. And as slowly as you can, let your hands just dissolve away from the body and come to rest, palms up at your sides. Look at the palms of your hands, the open crease of your elbow, the crease of your underarm, the slight hollow there. Look at the right side of your neck. Let it soften to the floor. The right cheek and jaw soften away from the center line. The right temple and right side of your forehead soften away from the center line. The left 
forehead, and the left temple soften down away from center. The left cheek and the left jaw soften down and away from center. The left side of your neck softens down and away from center. Feel your left shoulder blade heavy, the left arm bone heavy, the back of the left hand heavy, Feel the right shoulder blade heavy, right arm bone heavy, back of the right hand heavy. The whole back side of your hip heavy, and then your right leg bones heavy, the right foot heavy, the left leg bone heavy, and the left foot heavy, the whole back side of your body drops into the floor, it's held by the ground below. front side of the body light and open to the space above feel your breath moving in inhale and exhale rhythm that unifies this heaviness and lightness into one thing back to breathing, unification of this physical body and the parts of you that can't be seen or touched but can be felt. Those things unified roll to right side, make your way up to seated, the embodiment of you here on the mat. And we'll bring our hands together at heart center in remembrance of that embodiment of spirit. Thumbs to forehead center and a salute toward one another, that shared embodiment of being human. 
Thank you all so much for being here this afternoon. Namaste. And thank you for joining us here. We'd love to see you online in our Zoom classes. You can join us at 3dogyoga.com. And if you'd like to support this podcast, we're on patreon.com slash 3dogyoga. Thanks again for practicing with us. Namaste.